0: Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 105. Today we have a fantasy episode for you. We're going to dive into all things fantasy. We're going to give you our take on who we think might be a breakout star this year, who we think could be overrated or a potential bust, give you some uh, overall advice on draft strategy or how we like to approach the draft. Uh, and then a little bit of information on what to look out for with, with some of the rookie quarterbacks and uh, whether we think they'll start this year or if they will, when, and uh, that kind of could feed into whether or not you should draft them. So we are excited to dive into this as fantasy is quickly approaching and many of you will have your drafts coming up in the next few weeks. I know we will on our end, so excited to uh, to discuss. But before we dive in, I have my co-hosts Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan with me as per usual. How are you both doing?
1: Doing well. And hey,
0: we, we do a pick'em.
1: If you want to join us, hit us up on Twitter. Send us a DM. Yeah, and we'll, we'll invite you. You can play pick'em with us week to week. You can see if you beat the big dogs. You know yeah. what I mean? That'd be pretty fun. So if you're interested, go go check us out on Twitter and, and slide into our DMs and, and let us know and we'll, we'll
0: send you an invite to that. Yeah. But Otherwise, I'm doing good. It's football season right around the corner, man. Woo. I know. It's feeling more and more real. And it's also, I keep forgetting, we only have three weeks of preseason this year. So yep. it's going to be even yep. faster. Like it's going to be here before we know it. So uh, definitely excited. And yeah, if you want to join the Pick'em, we will definitely uh, be glad to have you. And if you win, maybe we'll bring you on the pod or something. I don't know.
2: We'll see. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. Uh, but what about you, Dergan? How you doing, man? Uh, doing great. Uh, this week is the last like week of not real football in my eyes because the week after that is college football starting with some like big time games so get past this week and it's week three of preseason so it'd be some actual starters playing so i think football is here it's not around the corner it's arrived at the front door knocking it down so i'm pumped nice
0: yeah i think we all are i know i know you are at home listening so uh, let's uh, let's dive in we'll talk about some fantasy here let's start off with who we think will be a potential breakout star to keep an eye on in your your drafts as we get closer some people that we think may not be um, top of mind but that you should have top of mind as as you jump into your draft so Durgan, who do you think should be uh, somebody that people
2: should look out for yeah this guy is getting a lot of hype at his second round pick. Uh, but I think he is an elite, elite fantasy option, and that's Najee Harris. Uh, and reason why is because you have to look at how many true three-down running backs are there in the league. You know, give or take, there's ten, and I think Najee is one of them. And he's on a very good team. I think the Steelers. You guys are a little bit lower on them than I am, but he has everything you want as a running back. He can run between the tackles, power. Also, he can catch. He had 43 receptions as a senior last year on a stacked Alabama team. So, he can do it all. And you have to look at Ben Roethlisberger as well. He isn't a gunslinger anymore. He's going to want to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He had the lowest yards per attempt and lowest air yards per attempt in his career last year. So, a lot of dump-offs, a lot of quick slants, and that's going to help out Najee Harris a lot. I think, realistically, he can get 70 receptions and also rush for 1,000 yards. So I think he's a better option if you're looking at fantasy than Saquon Barkley, who is coming off of injury, which I still like him in general, but coming off of an injury. Jonathan Taylor with who knows how the quarterback situation and offensive line situation in Indianapolis is going to turn out. I think Najee Harris is better than him in terms of fantasy. He's better than Aaron Jones in terms of fantasy, better than Clyde Edwards-Elair in terms of fantasy. So if you're picking 6-7, 8, if I pick 8 in my draft coming up this week, I'm picking Najee Harris if he's there, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, you mentioned offensive line with the Colts, but that's a big concern with the Steelers as well. They have like four out of five new starters. True. Um, so that, that's my main concern there. And we've seen before when the offensive line isn't there, even if the running back's super talented, sometimes they can't overcome that. You know, if there's no holes... the there's no holes. You know, you can break a tackle and fall forward for for three yards, and that's great. That might help the offense, but it doesn't help your fantasy team a whole lot. So that's that's my main concern with Najee Harris. But he's a very talented dude. He can catch the ball too, which adds that extra little little oomph to, to maybe reach for him a little bit because he's going to get some reception and he has big playability in the pass game. So, um, you know, some of those other guys you mentioned uh, have that as well with Saquon and Aaron Jones, and uh, also get some targets and, and are involved in the passing game as well so uh, i think you just gotta you know it's no longer hey we need a bell cow back at at fan for fantasy football it's like we need a bell cow back and a dude that's gonna catch the passes uh that's that's really the top tier dudes that you gotta go hunt for in in your drafts at this point
0: yeah unless you're getting like a derrick henry i think you need a guy who can do both so i totally agree with that Najee harris love him local product i think he's gonna ball out this season um it's it's a it's a it's a pick where if you pick him in the first round i think it's a it's definitely a risk as it is with any rookie that you draft just inherently um but it's a risk that i think has one of the highest rewards as far as any rookie in this um this year's class so i would definitely uh take a flyer on him i would i would i would probably pick him 9 10 easily actually um just because he is going to be useful i mean this is a system that made james connor look like a beast so i'm <laughs> i'm i would not be surprised to see naji harris have a really really good rookie season for sure and uh even if he has fallen forward three yards hey if you're on the goal line that's all you need to get that sick those six points right so uh hey look out for naji harris this year i think he, he could be a really good uh rb1 maybe rb2 um if at worst worst case rb2 but like it so far casey what about you yeah, I've got a guy that uh, you may be, be able to,
1: to snake a little later later on, and that's DeAndre Swift. One, he's on the Lions. Nobody mm-hmm. looks at the Lions for fantasy football. All right. Uh, number two, that offensive line is it's pretty legit now. They, they got some dudes there uh, that they can move people around, especially with Panay Sewell now there. Um, and he's really kind of the number one back. He's nursing a groin injury, uh, especially right now, so he may not even be on people's radars, especially in the first round. Maybe late in the second round, you might be able to snag him up, but he's competing with uh, Jamal Williams from the Packers um, for for touches, and I'd imagine he's he's going to get the bulk of those carries. He almost had a uh, thousand yards last year, all purpose. Um, so he's he's effective in the pass game. He had forty six receptions for three hundred and fifty yards, um, played in only thirteen games, had only a hundred and fourteen rushing yards, but got or not rushing yards, rushing attempts, but five hundred yards. So four point six yards per attempt um so he's a good bang for your buck guy that you might be able to sneak onto your your team uh later into the second round or third round because people are just not he's not on people's radars and he's a little bit hurt right now so if you can snake him and and get him going and and he's healthy by week two or three uh, i think you're going to be in in good standing
2: also take into account who his quarterback is jerry goff jerry goff does not want to throw the ball down the field he wants to throw the ball short four or five yards every play. That's gonna help out DeAndre Swift a lot with the touches. So while they might be losing a lot of games late, he's still gonna get looks because Jerry Goff and their lack of receivers, he's gonna be the main option on that team. Maybe TJ Hawkinson out wide or a tight end uh, might be the top guy. But in terms of, you know, if you're worried about the Lions being so bad and they're not gonna run the ball as much as other teams, don't be because he's still gonna get looks just because on his talent alone. So, like you said, if you give him a late second round, early third round, hop all over that. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Swift, I'm a little more torn on just because I did draft him. Uh, and he had an extremely (laughs) slow start. He had some, like, fumble issues. He didn't play much after that. Like, the the coaching staff clearly didn't trust him with with ball security initially, but then he picked it up uh, towards the end of the season, and and he definitely started playing better. So I could see him carrying that momentum in this upcoming season, and I think with the Lions kind of in the shape that they're in, there will be ample opportunity for him to succeed both as a a runner and as a pass catcher. So he does fit that mold that we talked about, that sort of hybrid, more of a weapon than, than a specific, Running back, um, and I think he could. I think he could have a pretty good season. I'm just personally a little burned on on uh, last season drafting him because there was a lot of hype around him last season too uh, as a rookie. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of turn things around. I'm concerned just because the Lions are not looking too great, but you did mention their offensive line is pretty solid, so um, maybe that'll allow him to do some things. But but we'll see what what happens there. I am gonna follow suit here with you guys and keep keep it in the running back position. And this kind of speaks to what we're going to discuss later in our, in our uh, draft strategy, but I'm going to go with JK Dobbins. who I think is already a pretty good fantasy option, but now even more so is going to potentially explode. There is no Mark Ingram anymore. There's nobody there. He's sharing touches with potentially maybe some other people, but he's going to get the bulk of the carries and he had 800 yards last season and he was splitting pretty heavily. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this guy's about to about to be like RB one for a lot of people, and surprise some people. I mean, he had 805 yards and nine touchdowns, and he was splitting a ton of carries, not only with uh, Ingram, but Lamar Jackson ran the ball a lot. But as we know with the Ravens, one thing they like to do is run the ball. So I'm, I'm going to say J.K. Dobbins is a pretty safe bet this season. I think uh, this team is trending in a really, really good direction offensively. They have a lot of wide receivers that I think could open things up for, for Dobbins as well. So I'm excited for this. I think J.K. Dobbins could be, uh, could be in line for a huge season.
2: I agree with you. I think he's going to get a ton of yards uh, because they run the ball more than any other team in the league uh, last two years. I think that trend will continue as long as Lamar Jackson is there. I am a little worried about the goal line situation with Gus Edwards, maybe taking some touchdowns away from him, but if you're going for a safe option where you know he's going to get the ball as long as he's healthy, J.K. Dobbins is up there in, in the top running back category in terms of what he can do week in and week out. I personally like that. I want a guy who's gonna get me 10 to 15 points every week, not a guy who's gonna go from six points to 26 points the next week. So early second round, maybe even late first round, depending on how big your league is, JK Dobbins should be a target for you.
1: Yeah, consistency and volume. Those are the two things he's, mm-hmm. he's really gonna bring. And and that's what you, what you look for, like Durgan said you want a guy that can dependably get you at least 10 points every every week i think jk dobbins is a great uh great option for that and can uh be someone that you just slot in and and you leave there you don't have to worry about it and he's gonna be consistently getting you getting you some some nice chunks of points every every single week
0: yeah and hey like nine touchdowns last season he i mean he wasn't getting vultured by uh ingram or anyone else so I don't know, man. I'm going to go I'm going to say that's less of a concern than it might sound. He's I mean, he's not like the biggest back, but he can he can he's got some he's big good enough. you know, he's he's short and I mean, he's not short, he's 5'10, but he's like 2 215. He's 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 got some bulk to him. I think he can he can pound it through into the into the goal uh, end zone. So, anyways, I'm gonna, I'm going to say uh, JK is uh is is going to ball out, but let's talk about some players who we think may not ball out and who potentially could either be avoided or drafted later than maybe their average draft position says they should be drafted. So, Durgan, we'll start with you. Tell us who you got.
2: Yes, and this is no slight to him as a player. I'm just talking pure fantasy here, and that's Cortland Sutton of Denver Broncos. Coming off of ACL injury, shaky quarterback play, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater will be their starter over Drew Locke. Um, and he might be the second-best receiver on his own team with Jerry Judy uh, improving and looking good towards the end of the last season. Um, he's a big player receiver, averaging 16 yards per catch so far in his year. But Bridgewater last year finished 17, or, excuse me, 18th in the league in yards per reception and averaged only 5.5 air yards per completion. He is a guy, like I mentioned with Ben Roethlisberger, he wants to get the ball out quickly and let everybody else do the work. And that just doesn't fit Curtin Sutton's skill set. Uh, in his best year, Sutton... Two years ago, he finished 32nd in receptions and only had a catch percentage of 58%. So that's not great. He's kind of a boomer bust guy. And with Drew Locke, that's kind of more suited for his skill set, going deep, taking chances. But with Bridgewater, it just doesn't seem to fit that well. Um, I think he's not a bad player, like I mentioned, but right now, ESPN has him as wide receiver 20. Uh, and I think he's more like wide receiver 30, 40, a guy you might okay. want to start as your flex. Or maybe as your third receiver, but not a guy you want as your second receiver, to week in and week out. Get you um, some volume stats because he won't do that.
1: Yeah, I like the I like the player. I I don't love the situation as, as well. And uh, you know I know Cyrus probably still has some some faint feelings for for Drew Locke, um, <laughs> but uh, my my feelings have been pretty apparent for uh, for a while. And he he ain't the dude, and and really Teddy Bridgewater isn't either. So, uh, you know, I my faith in Pat Shermer being able to scheme things open and and make sure he's involved is uh, you know, middling at best. So that he may be uh a, a, like you were talking about earlier, a very boomer bust kind of dude that uh he's either gonna get you twenty points and have a hundred yards and two touchdowns, or he's gonna get, you know, three or four targets and tw- two twenty whatever yards or so. Uh on on some short stuff and little screens when they're, they're trying to feed him the ball or something. So uh, big play potential, not super sold that he's going to be a consistent player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. People forget this guy was elite in 2019 before he tore his ACL. Like he was, he was having a really good season. He had 1100 yards, a good amount of touchdowns for a second year receiver. I think he was trending upwards very quickly. Like, he was he was poised to be one of the best receivers in the league this past year b- before his injury. And then he tore his ACL, and now who knows, right? Not all players come back from an ACL injury the same as they were before. So, a lot of unknowns here with Cortland Sutton. But let's not forget how good he was in 2019 considering his situation in despite of his situation. It was the same quarterback, right? So, it, there's nothing that says he can't potentially do it again. I mean, obviously it's a risk with ACL injuries, but he could have another thousand yard yard season, especially with Judy taking some pressure off him, with KJ Hamler, with Noah Fant being pretty good. You know, there's there's reason for optimism. I'm not saying, you know, go out and take him ASAP, but he, you know, he could be a really good player this year. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily That's just my opinion. Th- obviously I'm a little higher on the Broncos, it seems like <laughs> Than most people, but uh, <laughs> I like Cortland Sutton a
2: lot. I mean, I think he's better off with Drew Locke as start. If Drew Locke was starting, I wouldn't Teddy not mention him as much. Yeah, Bridgewater is going to be a whole different offense. <sighs> I feel like it's
0: it, it, Bridgewater gives you a little more consistency. Drew Locke gives you the the big play potential, but also is, tur- turnover potential. So, but
2: I mean if you pick your, for, pick for your a team, poison, right? It's, that's a, what it is. For a, yeah, for a team wise, yes, but fantasy perspective with Cortland Sutton. Probably. That's that's, that's a problem I have.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Casey?
1: Well, coincidentally, my overrated guy is also someone that had a fantastic year, too, and then has kind of disappeared off the face of the earth since then, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster uh he's averaged 5.5 yards per target last year and he works almost exclusively from the slot so he's had that one monster year in 2018 where he had like 1400 yards and over 100 receptions uh since then he's averaged 46 yards per game in 2019 and then 51 yards per game in 2020 and people talk about him like he's this wide receiver one uh, dominating dude and I, I just don't really see it you know he's not a huge run after catch guy um he, He's not flexible to go outside and win outside for the for the big plays. um So uh, it'll be interesting to see what his role is in, in this new offense with with Matt Canada. He's, he uses a lot of motion and, and pushes people around, and um, he can scheme stuff open for people with with that motion. But is Juju the guy that they're going to try to scheme open? And I would probably say no. It's probably going to be Deontay Johnson or um claypool that they're trying to feed the ball to and, and juju's going into a, a year where he may end up being a, a free agent and uh you know feeding him the ball doesn't necessarily do anything good for the for the Steelers um contract wise with him and trying to trying to retrain retain him so um I'm not huge on him and I would expect a pretty below average or
2: average year from him at the at the receiver position. Juju is a really cool player to people under age of 25 because his TikTok dances and his Twitch streaming. Uh, but for people with common sense like us who are adults, <laughs> we realize that he is not that cool. He's a solid receiver. Um, no disrespect to him, but he's a third option on that team. Are you going to draft that as your wide receiver two or wide receiver three and start him week in, week out? No. If you want him on the bench, I think he's a solid option. But like you said, he's way overvalued as a player. And I think people kind of realize that this offseason with him not being signed right away in free agency, having to go back to his tears on one-year deal, despite him supposedly having other offers. And I don't believe that at all, actually. So I agree with you here. If you uh yeah, you know, bench guy, yes. Starter, no.
0: Yeah, I'd take him on the bench for sure. I wouldn't put too much stock. I think, I mean, there's no coincidence you look at his stat drop-off. Guess who left the Steelers after his stats dropped off? Antonio Brown. Guess who became thrown into the fire wide receiver number one? Juju Smith-Schuster. He couldn't handle it. He didn't play well after uh, Antonio Brown left. There's just no disputing that. Um, I, I... I think he still has a ton of talent. He kind of reminds me of like a Durgan receiver. Like not the best at separation, but you can go
2: up and get it. Um, and he is far from no, not not much out, too uh, weak minded to be a receiver of mine. Too weak minded to be a receiver of yours. Can, All right, ca- cares too much about dancing and you know dancing and this and that and trends and looking cool for Instagram. I want a guy go out there and balls out. Not Juju.
0: Well, in 2018, you would have claimed him, no doubt, right?
2: Back then, yeah, but he changed. <laughs> he changed. He changed. Okay.
0: Durgan's love is fickle. Yeah, I see that. Jeez. Well, anyway, look, <laughs> look, we've talked. We've talked about the Steelers. I think they're kind of in a weird spot, and uh, Juju Smith Schuster is also, consequently, in a weird spot. Um, I would probably take Chase Claypool over him at this point. Um, oh yeah, I, I think he's he's due for a bigger season for sure, and. I'm not really sure where where Juju falls on this team, and and it may he may not. It may be another. He may need to kind of reestablish himself somewhere else. I don't know that he's just looking at the stats; like they're not very good since 2018, and uh, not sure where his future is headed. But we shall see. I'm going to keep it in the same position group this time as well, and I'm going to go wide receiver with Kenny Galladay, a guy that we have touted on this podcast as a legitimate wide receiver, number one, back when he was on Detroit, maybe I have touted, I don't know if you guys have, but uh, I think he is a good receiver. I do also think he is not a good fit with the Giants based on what I've seen come out of New York. Um, He is also hurt at the moment, so he's had very little time to establish a connection with Danny Dimes. And uh, we've also seen just in general, the kind of issues in that locker room and some fighting and some things going on. And on top of that, it's it's also looking like Kadarius Tony is not playing up to his potential based on what we've seen in camp. Obviously, all of this could change. It doesn't necessarily mean that the regular season performance will be poor, poor excuse me, but um, I'm less high on uh, Galladay as a fantasy option than I was when we came into all of this after uh, after the draft and all that. So I'm going to go with him. And uh, yep, yeah, don't think he is... I think he's a risky pick this year. Whereas when he was on the Lions, I would have I would have taken him.
2: Well, as a resident Giants fan, I actually agree with you because <laughs> they, they 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 didn't need Kane Galladay anyway. They had a pretty good receiver room with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. I mean, even en- Slayton's Ingram, good too. I would take Slayton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram too, who can't catch a cold, but at least he's out there like getting targets. Then you draft a Tony, and you have Saquon Barkley. And they signed Kyle Rudolph to be their second tight end. So they have plenty of options for Daniel Jones to throw to, and I think he's going to be improved this year. Not saying much. He can't go much lower than he has been in the past. But I think he's going to be a lot improved this year. But I don't see Galladay being a 1,000-yard receiver. I think he's a guy who will get 800, 900 yards. And if you're drafting him early, like the experts in ESPN are saying to, no. Kind of in the same boat as Juju. If you want him as your wide receiver three, and start him, you know cons- not consistently but here and there absolutely but if you want to rely on him to be a guy who's going to carry your team look somewhere else
1: yeah the target share is a concern on that offense mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of mouths to feed there and uh a quarterback that can struggle to bring the plate to the table sometimes you know sometimes he like drops it on the way there
0: analogies. Nice. Hey,
1: I'm, I'm on it today uh so, yeah, I don't love him either. I don't love anybody on, on the Giants' offense, really. Maybe Saquon, um, but a little bit nervous with, with him as well. Uh, so,
0: buyer beware for the Giants' offense, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, that kind of wraps up the uh, sort of our risky picks or, or potential busts. Let's talk about our overall draft strategy. I have a feeling, you know, us as savvy uh, football Knowledge veterans have similar <laughs> strategies in mind, but let's talk about how we approach the fantasy uh, football draft and some key things that we focus on um, prior and during the process. Durgan, what about? We'll start with you, Durgan.
2: Yeah, my strategy this year is to draft running back in round one, draft running back in round two, and draft running back in round three because you can get plenty of receivers down the line, especially if you're in a standard league, which I prefer and I play in. Go get your running backs. There yeah. are not that many good ones this year. You have to get them while you can. And I've done plenty of mock drafts, probably too many. And, and if you're in a standard league and you go first three rounds running back, you can still get a Chris Godwin in the fourth round. Or Tyler Lockett in the fourth round. Those guys aren't studs, but those are guys you want to start. They're well, Godwin, twos. Godwin had a pretty good fantasy year last year. He, 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 he didn't get a thousand yards. I mean, he, he's not bad. He hurt as well, but yes, like... If you get in the fourth round, great value, in my opinion. And you're going to have people who are going to go early on receivers, and that's going to push down a lot of good running back talent for you. If you're in a PPR league where there's a half point or a full point, maybe you want to get a receiver in a second or third round because of their value. But I'm looking at guys like Tyreek Hill and Devonta Adams, who I mean won me a lot of games last year, but I don't think they are great value for getting in the first round. Roster management is the most important thing in fantasy. It's not about who has the most talented team, it's not about getting the best players, it's about getting the most points week in and week out from your entire lineup. That's why I'm going running backs early, often, and I won't stop. You know, the wise P. Diddy once
1: said, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. There you go. It's all about the running backs, baby. You gotta take them. You gotta take them early and you gotta take them often. Um... Outside of that, I won't, you know, because Durgan hit most of it, but the, the other position group that I would maybe reach for early is tight end because there's maybe three or four dudes that are going to get significant target share and and uh, targets and, and receptions. And that's Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, and, and maybe people think Kyle Pitts, but I'm, I'm not sold on Kyle Pitts, but those are really the big three that... Uh, i might reach for because after those guys it's sort of a it's a little bit of a crap shoot uh, as far as who you're getting at the tight end position um so i would almost draft one of those dudes before a top tier receiver because there's just so few of them mm-hmm. you know if you have one of those dudes on your roster that's getting you 10 points a week when other tight ends are fluctuating from like two or three to sometimes 14 to usually four or five or something like that like that's that's a huge advantage from from week to week to just have a dude that's going to consistently produce at the tight end position
0: yeah i I agree with both of your guys' sentiments i think i think if you're gonna if you're gonna take if you're gonna reach for a tight end it has to be one of those three i wouldn't i wouldn't go you know otherwise i'd wait probably and, and try to find some value but I, that's pretty much how I approach it as well. I think the other rule I will add is to not overdraft or over or reach for a quarterback as well. I think the differential between what a, an average quarterback in the NFL provides from a fantasy perspective and an elite quarterback in, in the NFL provides from a fantasy pers- perspective, excuse me, is, is less like the differential between those two is less than like a bell cow running back and a guy who splits carries that's going to be huge or same thing even with wide receivers so I would focus on running backs if you have an opportunity to take a top tight end for sure take a top tight end if you don't then wait and take the best available uh, either running back again like Durgan mentioned running back running back not going to stop go with the running backs or wide receiver um at that point but Yes, definitely. Even in PPR leagues, running backs are still important. There's one starting running back on a team, and there's even less that don't split carries and are that bell cow back nowadays, Um, whereas there's usually two wide receivers at all times on the field, right? So um, I would definitely focus on the running backs. That's the one takeaway from this, (laughs) clearly.
2: One quick point I want to make about Casey's tight end, uh, you know, Perfectly said, I agree with it. If we look at tight ends here. Obviously there's the top three, and then there's Marky Andrews. I think Kyle Pitts is in that discussion too. But when you look at TJ Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, who had good years last year, mm-hmm. is there a huge drop off between those guys and Evan Ingram? I don't think so. I mean, talent wise, maybe so, but in terms of fantasy, I don't think there's a huge drop off. And you can get those guys, like so Thomas. Hawkinson and Goddard are right now projected to be six seventh round picks and Ingram is an 11th round pick. I think that's you're getting better value by getting Ingram in the 11th round and picking up another receiver or another running back. So when it comes to tight ends like you said get those guys early or be patient and be smart. Yeah well okay here's the
0: thing but I don't want to get too deep in on Ingram but the dude has injury and drop issues so if we're talking about why he's lower there's reason for it it's not just you know
2: I mean, I'm not saying he's a good player, but I'm saying for fantasy, he is not the worst option to have. And no. If you're gonna get, if you're gonna get a guy who's gonna get you six, seven points a week, I don't think Logan Thomas and TJ Hawkinson will score ten points every week. I think TJ Hawkinson has a lot more opportunity to
0: score ten points a week on a Detroit offense that's like devoid of talent in most places. Yeah,
2: and that, that that's why he's ranked higher. But yeah. you gonna draft him five rounds earlier. I'm not.
0: No, but I also think T.J. Hawkinson is the type of name that falls in the draft and could be a good value pick. I, I am just very weary of Evan Ingram. I'm like Casey mentioned. I'm weary I mean, he, of all of the he Giants sucks. players. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's not, he's not a good football player. But I'm saying, fantasy point of view. I mean, let's change out Evan Ingram and put Tyler Higby.
0: I like T- I, would, I, would, I would take Tyler Higby more. I would probably take Jared Cook. Uh, I would Austin take a lot of a lot of different, lot hey, of different tight ends at that point. Rob Gronkowski yeah. might be there. Hey, how about Robert Tunyon, guys? Come on, Robert Tunyon came on last Tunyon. season too. That's not he a bad. Pl- t- that's not a bad. Touchdown
2: machine, <laughs> yeah.
0: Not a bad call, for sure. Uh, all right, well let's let's go to the last segment here. We're talking rookie quarterbacks, so let's discuss the. I think there's probably three primary ones we should talk about. When do we think they play? Maybe even touch on if we think they're worth taking a flyer on, keeping stashed away on your fantasy bench, depending how big it is um so let's dive into that with the first of the three we'll start with Trey Lance just to keep Durgan on his toes a little bit
2: <laughs> <laughs> well Rock I talk about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson because they're going to be starting yeah so.
0: they're already starting for sure talk let's about talk the guys about,
2: who are in the battle so, so
0: just um, to make sure th- we're yeah. on, the pa- on the same page then we'll talk um in addition to Trey Lance Justin Fields and Mac Jones
2: yep yep so I think Trey Lance starts week six against the Colts. And Trey Lance, the first two series this past weekend, looked like dog shit. It was very bad. <laughs> and then someone snapped in his head, and he was like, okay, I actually belong here. And he ended very, very strong. Also, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm playing against the third stringers. Now it's easy. Now, well, I, ha- also- <laughs> now I have to prove <laughs> that I can play this game. <laughs> he's also throwing to guys like Travis Benjamin, and Trent Shurfield. So he's not throwing to his studs. And also, he has seven drops the last two weeks. So that's also besides the point. But I think the Colts, because the Niners have a first two weeks should win. I'm going to say should play the Lions and the Eagles. Then they have a really tough three-game stretch against the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. If you lose two out of those three, I think it's desperation time, and you got to give Trey Lance a shot. What are his problems as a passer? He is inaccurate. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the most accurate passer? No. He had a terrible pass this past weekend. He throws his Jimmy ball once a game where he throws it right to another team and he's overall not that consistent, but he knows the offense better. You give it six weeks, seven weeks at this point, gets Trey Lance, let him learn the offense. He's not gonna have the same offense as Jimmy, but he's gonna be able to run a lot more. So from a fantasy perspective, I think that's worth a risk alone because you see Lamar Jackson and Kyle Murray put up huge stats of fantasy because they can run. So Trey Lance might throw for under 40 yards a game, but he might rush for 90. So that's why I think he might be of value. Uh, not to draft, but if you see you know, the ship starting to sink in Santa Clara, take a chance on him. I think he's going to play very well uh, for what he can do, and his offense will play very well as well once he's in there. Yeah, you said most of it. I mean, he's looked flashy, which is exciting, mm-hmm. and then inconsistent
1: and yeah. erratic the next snap or the next drive. Um, he, and throws sorta- the ball,
2: he throws the ball so freaking hard, like five yards away. I'm like, dude, the touch, relax. Allen touch. Yeah, yeah. like, be cool, man. Like, <laughs> Not really the fastball. Throw a changeup once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm sure he'll grow into the role and, and get more comfortable and, and learn how to take some heat off. But um, that's sort of what we expected from him coming into this season, right? This is a guy that really hasn't played in two years and uh, was looked at as a little bit more of a, a raw prospect than than others. Um, so I think you're you're right. It's either going to be after the bye week or or kind of never. Um, yeah. It's really up to the 49ers. Do they want to deal with the, the predictability and and one an interception a game from Jimmy, or do they want to? Maybe have three or four interceptions and a lot of rush yards and then a game where he balls out and looks fantastic and then a, a game where he plays a dud with with Trey Lance. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is there, but fantasy perspective, like you were saying, he, he adds that rushing ability and um, good guy to keep your eye out for on, on waivers for sure.
0: Yeah, Rob talented. You know, he is kind of what we thought he was going to be. And um, I think he has a, you know, potential bright future in this league. But in a perfect situation, he doesn't start the season at all. And I think that would be for the best, honestly. People sleep on Jimmy. I mean, yes, he makes some mistakes. And he, yes, he doesn't have the strongest arm, all that, whatever. But dude was throwing 4,000 yards per season. He, may, he took you guys to the Super Bowl. I mean, at full health, I think this team is capable, you know, of, of getting back there with Jimmy. So... Um, you know ideally I, I think Jimmy starts the season you you play with him this season and then kind of reassess where uh, Trey Lance is at give him a season to learn the game um, learn the system and kind of adapt to the, the speed of the NFL so I, I I'm going to say he doesn't start this season and many Niners fans are probably going to be screaming for Shanahan's head if Jimmy has one bad game but um, oh, yeah. I think it's for the best that Trey Lance kind of sits for one season
2: one bad throw and they'll call for. Jason. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: As any rational football fan would. That's just <laughs> how it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go on to Justin Fields, though. When do we think this guy sees the sees the pitch, sees the field? Uh, different, the different pitch. football.
2: Football. Well, fut- <laughs> too much uh, Ted Lasso. Too much Ted. Great show, by the way. <laughs> great, <laughs> really great good show. Uh, Justin Fields should see the field week one. But Matt Nagy is very persistent that he's not ready yet, and I don't think Justin Fields is totally ready either, but he's better than any Dalton. And he can do a lot of things that Trey Lance can do. He can run around, scramble, open things up for the offense. And if it's to be any of these three who have a Justin Herbert-like season where they don't start, but they come out of nowhere and put up crazy numbers, it'll be Justin Fields. Uh, so I think it's a week four against the Lions. And I say that because two out of the first three weeks, the Brown, or between the Bears, play the Browns and the Rams. Two pretty good defenses, good pass rush against a poor offensive line for the Bears. Week four, they play the Lions. So you let Dalton get the hits early, and then you bring Fields in against a team that's not very good, a team you should beat, and a team you should put numbers against. Build his confidence up that way. So if it's not earlier, I think week four we're looking at as a pretty safe date.
1: Yeah, Justin Fields is is maybe the only quarterback of these three that I would think about taking late, super late in the draft, because he's the only one I feel confident will 100% at some point this season start games. And I think sooner rather than later. Um, I also think he should be the week one starter. Um, I think it might be earlier than, than you do by a week, though, and he'll play against the Browns after the Bears go and lay a dud against Andy Dalton's old team, the Cincinnati Bengals, in Week 2. Mm-hmm. So if they lose that and they start out 0-2 and, and Justin Fields is sitting there and Matt Nagy is like, oh, shit, I did draft a quarterback in my final <laughs> prove-it year. <laughs> Maybe I should play this dude and, and see what he can do. Um, so I, I think he'll start pretty early and, and, and get things going. I'm pretty high on him. I think he has the potential to be the best quarterback in this draft. That's including Trevor Lawrence as well. So um, I like him and, and, and I think he'll be he'll be seeing the field pretty early.
0: I'm with Casey, but I don't think he'll see the field super early. Um, I hope he does. I agree with both of you that he should be the week one starter. But with Dalton being the starter, I think he's going to get his opportunity. It will really depend on how he plays. I mean, the, the schedule is kind of interesting for um, for the Bears. I think if Dalton comes in and struggles against some of these beatable teams, then we'll see a change by week five or week six, either against the Raiders or the Packers. So if he comes in, I mean, they're, they're looking at the, the – uh, the Charger, no, the Rams, excuse me, the Bengals, the Browns, and then Detroit in the first four games. They have to go two and two in those four. If they're less than that, I think Justin Fields sees the Justin Fields sees the field. That's hard to say right there. That is a tongue twister for you. In Week Five against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, otherwise we could see him come in against the Packers either. I mean, after that first five game stretch though, I mean, they play the Packers, they play Tampa Bay, they play the Niners. That's going to be three tough games. So do you want to throw him to the, to the, to the wolves at that point? Or I don't know. I don't know how you handle that if you're not letting him get in a groove and starting from the beginning of the season, which is the concern for me. So it will be an interesting start for the bears. I think they might struggle a little bit regardless of who's at quarterback. Agreed. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's go into our last quarterback here. We got Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. I'm going to say week two against the Jets because right now Mac Jones is better than Cam Newton. And I think they lose that week one game against the Dolphins. And I think they lose pretty comfortably. And Belichick will see that and say, okay, I got to do something here because I can't go another season going 7 and 9 or I can't do that now. 7 and 10. Or. 8-9. I at least give a guy a chance to do something here. And while Newton can run, Jones is more accurate. He looked pretty good in the preseason so far, and everyone's like, oh, look at this. Everyone was wrong about Mac Jones. No one questioned Mac Jones' ability to be ready to play right now. People question his ceiling, and can he be a superstar? I don't think he can, but I think he can throw the ball accurately. I think he can throw the ball down the field, which opens things up for the Pats running game, which they want to do. Uh, in terms of fantasy, I don't think he's dropped any Patriots player this year I don't care who they are don't draft them they have a million running backs they like to rotate in and out they have no star receivers they have two good tight ends but they're going to take kind of take you know targets from each other and I think Hunter Henry also might be hurt and if he's not hurt he will be hurt because he always is Uh, so maybe Joan Smith maybe the one guy I would consider but overall do not touch a Patriots player
1: yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I think he starts uh, week five versus the Jets, Ooh. though, and they give Cam Newton a little bit more time to to settle in. Uh, apparently, Cam Newton's a little bit on on thin ice right now. He right, uh, yeah. took a COVID test that he wasn't supposed to take or it was like off facilities or something. something. Yeah. Now he has to miss five days of practice or something. I don't know. Anyways, he's not at practice right now, so this is an opportunity for Mac Jones to – take the bull by the horns and and try to prove to Daddy Belichick that he's the one that deserves his love and affection.
0: Yeah, and for that exact reason, you know, I think, like you mentioned, this is a prime opportunity for him, and I think it leads to him starting week one. I think he can beat out Cam Newton. I think Belichick might be kind of tired of of whatever these, you know, like you said, thin ice. So uh, we know Belichick doesn't really take shit. Like, that's just his MO. So I think uh, Mac Jones comes in and, and starts Week One, honestly, and and will, that will be the most surprising thing to me because I don't know that he's the ideal person out of like these three to come start Week One. I mean, he's he's definitely consistent, but I would I would have thought Justin Fields would be the guy to to come in right away for their team. Um, but Mac Jones surprised me when I'm watching a little bit of the preseason games uh, with the Patriots. He played pretty well. Uh, he he had some throws that you know you expect people to make but not always expecting rookie quarterbacks to make and uh he looked he looked he didn't look like a rookie if that makes sense like he he looked like he would played a few nfl games previously so obviously it's against you know second string third string defense et and all that but uh you know by comparison no this is no dig at you durgan but like trey lance looked like a rookie right uh yes. when he played oh yeah did he have like insane arm strength and like some crazy throws yes But uh, Mac Jones looked like, looked poised, I think is the way that I could describe it. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in and start very soon, if not week one. So that is my take on Mr. Mac Jones. Do we have any final thoughts on these uh, rookie quarterbacks here before we wrap things up on episode 105?
2: One comparison I want to make for Mac Jones, and I might have said this before, but he's he's Andy Dalton. That's who he's going to beat his career. Ah. A good player. A very good player. I mean, a good starter for years, but then eventually the wall hits and you don't get any better.
0: We're talking about prime Andy Dalton? About Peak his Andy career. Dalton?
2: His, 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 his <laughs> career arc will be similar to Andy Dalton's. Okay. He's gonna get good, he's gonna, okay, this guy actually might not be bad. Good player. Leads a team to playoffs. Okay, he's not getting any better. Okay, he's turning the ball over. Okay, he can't run. Fair.
0: Splash. I think we also forget how many shit situations Andy Dalton was in, too. Um, but... I mean, if you told me I could get like good Andy Dalton at 15, yeah. that might not be the worst. So it's, not, it's, it's good value, decent, yeah.
2: or not good, decent value, decent value.
0: Yeah. I mean, Andy Dalton was long considered an above average starting quarterback in this league oh, until yeah. recently. Yes. So. so, yeah, yeah, last year, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there on episode 105. Thank you guys for sticking with us and tuning in. We'll have a ton of coverage coming up as we get uh, closer to the NFL season. So make sure you stick with us. Before we head out, want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content you should keep an eye out for. Casey, what do you got coming up for the listeners?
1: Yeah. Well, if you want more fantasy stuff, I've got just the antidote for you. Uh, on Thursday, releasing a, a breakdown on three rookies who are going to be entering good fits with an opportunity to start and have a significant role in their offenses. So if you want to find out who those three dudes are and uh, why they, they have an opportunity to, to make something happen in the fantasy world, uh, make sure to check that out on the, the YouTube channel or, or read the article on weekly spiral.com. Awesome.
2: What about you, Darian continue on the fantasy train next week. I'll have a fantasy draft do's and don't list as a person who, it's played long enough. I'm not an expert, but I got some good advice for you. Yesterday, actually, today, yesterday, if you're listening on Wednesday, or today, doesn't make a difference. I'm guys, so confused Kyle now. I don't know what day. <laughs> <it is. laughs> what day is it? I don't know anymore. Anyway, it should be live on the site, right? You will yeah. see it. Kyle Hamilton scouting report, Notre Dame, next to Adams, who can actually cover.
0: Keep right. that up for him. All nice. right. Well, Jamal Adams got paid, so uh, that might be a good thing to keep an eye on for sure. This has been a Weekly Spotter production, bringing fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We're super excited, as uh, we exclaimed in the beginning of this podcast for the football season, and we hope you are too, and we will catch you next week for episode 106.